When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay. Uh, also wanted to spend a minute talking about Bally's and what the future holds. I talked to some people, Sean, and it's still up in the air. I, I know there was recent news and everything, but... There's still a lot to be decided, and it's it's fascinating because the Rangers are coming up on <laughs> spring training as world champions, and, you know, so we'll see what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, I'm interested to see the future of the NHL as well as, as far as how the Stars and other teams are affected by this. Yeah, and it's one of those where it's people keep asking, and I, I probably will. Um, I've had some people, like, ask, like, oh, could you write something more about this? And um, I actually probably will try to go into an explainer at some point over at Shap Shots a little bit later, maybe in the week. But it's also one of those things where with all of this TV deal stuff and everything, um, the timelines are so pushed out and extended that yep. it's hard to really know what is fact and what is fiction right now. Um, it's not an... Because, A, there's always these, like, when, when someone's filing for bankruptcy and all this stuff, there's there's certain longer-term timelines and things like that. And um, the hope right now is, like, it appears that Amazon is interested in investing and, and, or owning or whatever the right, whatever it ends up looking like at the end. And in theory, if that happens, maybe you'd be able to stream the games on, on Amazon Prime, which would be... Which would be a nice yeah. solution, I guess. I mean, I mean, obviously the the Amazon has um, all these all these these services. Um, Amazon with the NFL game on Thursday night, um, Apple with the MLS TV deal. You've got these companies that are trying to get further and further into the sports content because, as we know, kind of sports are like one of the last communal television things that have, that are still that still drive everyone. And um, with the uh, Amazon, if Amazon is able to basically quote unquote rescue valleys or whatever terminology you want to use away from Sinclair, um, it would probably, it would be a spot where games would probably be a little bit easier to find um, from a streaming standpoint. I have no idea how this is going to impact the, the TV spot because one of the things that people always kind of like, they're like, Oh, I want to be able to get this on my television or whatever. I don't know how, I don't, I don't know how well and what Amazon's push would be on this too. It's like, right. Gavin, like it's one thing, like people, it's, you don't know the, uh, um, 
I don't I don't know the what the unintended consequences, and that's kind of the thing that people always like jump on stuff. Where they're like, yeah. "Oh, this is this is going to happen, and it's going to be great, or whatever." And uh, but if Amazon's getting involved, and this is me literally thinking out loud, and so I'm not reporting this. This is just me thinking out loud. I want to be clear of that. If Amazon's involved, do they care as much about? Is it is it more about going down the streaming route the way that the NFL game is? Is it something where there's going to be the push is going to be, we want people doing the game on prime and everything like that. And that's fine. And that, but is that also, are, is there still going to be, are you still going to see as much of a push for it to be in the cable bundles and stuff like that? So there's a lot of things that still have to be figured yeah. out with this. The one thing this won't settle and it's, and it's just the reality of it. And this is how sports fandom works is if you are a, it's never going to change the, not never, sorry, never is a strong word, but, um, it's not going to change the dem- the system where ESPN plus games are blacked out. Like it's someone asked me this the other day, they're like, Oh, can we see a spot where now you could use e- ESPN plus to stream local games. And unless ESPN decides to make individual deals with all 32 teams to buy their local rights, that's not going to happen. Right. So that's another thing I just wanted to kind of put out there where this is not going to be like all of a sudden it's like, Oh, well now I can, just stream the games on ESPN plus games are still going to be blacked out on ESPN plus because Amazon or Bally's or whatever they name the company at that point will still own the local rights. Yeah. So I think the it's other... really, it's, it's interesting thing. It's a really interesting thing to see what happens, but it's also yeah. at the end of the day, I don't think from a stars fan perspective, this is a, um, from a part stars fan perspective, this is not going to impact you this season. Correct. I think for Rangers fans, and this is a conversation you guys probably have with the Rangers and figuring out of the team that just won a World Series and yeah. everything like that. The Rangers, there could be a, there could be something at play here, but just I don't think the timeline is. There's not enough time for things to really kind of come together and change much during this current hockey season. Right, and Bally's was already struggling with clears on whatever provider people you know were using, so therefore. Like, I don't think the Ranger games were on dish, um, just, mm-hmm. you know, various ones. So you have that as yeah. well. And then the Rangers win the World Series. And, and you know, I mean, we're so close to spring training. And there's just, yeah, there is a lot in flux. I think what people have to understand, too, is there are so many layers and different kinds of bankruptcy. So, yeah. you know, and different kinds take different, you know, like prepackaged bankruptcy, for instance. If you filed yeah. today, using as an example, happen to know about this, <laughs> you will come <laughs> out in May or June. And that that is a goal. So, but some of these bankruptcies, if you can't pay off your debt or, you know, debt forgiveness, I'm not an expert on it, so I'm not going to go into debt. That takes longer. So sometimes it can take over a year to happen. Like I said, there might be someone listening that's more of an expert than me. I'm just saying there are different layers and it all falls under the title of bankruptcy or chapter 11 or another chapter. So it is kind of fascinating. And I think stars fans just want to know as well as Ranger fans, where can I find the game in the future? Um, so they can, you know, they can be happy. So I uh, just wanted to touch on that. I did also want to say, so the stars, when they play Philadelphia, Sean, 
I don't know if they stay in the same hotel or they just bus to a new hotel, but New Jersey, New York Islanders, real close proximity. So it's not like it's a true four-game road trip in that you're constantly hopping on the plane after the game. Couple that with both New Jersey and the Islanders are coming from away games. So you are going to play a back-to-back tomorrow night as far as Jersey's concerned. They're at the Blue Jackets tonight. The Islanders are at Chicago tonight, so the Islanders will get a day off on Saturday before Sunday. But, you know, needless to say, it's not like they're sitting there waiting for the Stars uh, to play. So hopefully the Stars, you know, certainly have some uh, some energy in the uh, next couple of nights. And looking at them in the standings, I think both – can be really high-quality teams. I think it's fair to say, Sean, that both have been disappointments uh, this year, but both have a lot of talent on their squad, too. Yeah, the uh, obviously our old friend Lindy Roth is yep. coaching New Jersey, and he's uh, come under some – he kind of is coming under some hot water right now with uh, how things have been going there, and they'll be they'll be coming off – the Stars are already sitting in – in New in New York or New Jersey, whichever hotel they're staying at, they're already sitting there and they're going to be waiting for the Devils to come home. It's kind of one of those weird games for New Jersey where they're the home team, but they're going to feel more like the road team yep. having come off the coming got off the flight. So that's one of those spots where the Stars kind of have to use that to their advantage because the Islanders are going to try to do the same thing to them the following night on Sunday. So um, I think for Dallas, from your in house keeping first is you got to get your defense in order. You got to get things kind of, um, you got to be much better than you were on against Philly um, on that front. And then New Jersey's a team where even with their struggles recently, it's a team that gets up and down the ice and can really find your systematic flaws. And, and if you give them holes, they're going to uh, attack it. So good kind of test for, from that perspective for the defense to come back. And then the other thing for us to just keep monitoring with this whole weekend and, who knows is there go. There is the looming Miro Hashkinen is on the trip because yes, he, is. he could play on this trip. Yep. And from kind of my look and feel on it, I don't think that's a realistic spot. I mean, I'm not reporting this just kind of, but based off kind of the timelines that I've understood, it doesn't feel like it's a reality against New Jersey, but it could be either Sunday or Tuesday. You could have Miro Hashkinen back too. So that would be obviously a when that happens, the stars will be a much better team. And uh, I um I'm interested to see how the goaltending kind of setup goes to this weekend because there have been with uh Scott obviously with Scott Wedgwood um being Scott Wedgwood is now back and everything like that, but he has not uh He's not played a game since he got hurt, right? So it's uh it's be interesting to see how he looks since he'll play one of these two games. Ottinger got shelled last night because of the workload, and so there's some interesting decisions for Pete DeBoer to make this weekend that uh, are going to kind of that could define some things for Dallas here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I mean, interesting to see what happens with Wedgwood. Matt Murray's still there. Um, interesting to see if they give Matt Murray another game. Um, so uh, we'll see about that. I wanted to talk to you as a writer, longtime writer, 
I know you're getting into acting, and soon you'll get an Oscar and Emmy. <laughs> but <laughs> right now, Sean, you're best known as an excellent writer. And the demise. I don't, I don't think that's gonna. Ch- I don't think that's gonna change. Okay. So... Well, I mean, <laughs> hey, yeah. let your hype man do the hype. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, you're fair, fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> the demise of Sports Illustrated, where yeah, uh, if you go on Twitter slash X or any of the social media channels, people posting pictures of their favorite cover, just a, just an iconic brand in the sports world that we grow up with you know, appears to be ending forever as far as massive layoffs with the staff. Um, and wanted to get your thoughts as a writer and how this business has certainly changed. But, you know, I know Sports Illustrated is not what it once was, where you read through it, you didn't want to cheat, you know, to get to the end so you could read Rick Riley immediately uh, with that final page. And you knew when it came in the mail, you're like, all right, I got a week to read it. And, of course, those gifts that they used to always advertise, like free Sports Illustrated phones or towels and and stuff like that. But I wanted to get your thoughts because it is a sad day in journalism. It is. It's. I mean, it's kind of the weird thing about it is it it's happened. I mean, it's happening and it's it's very sad. And um, but it's the same time. And I hate that we've kind of become jaded this way because it's the what happens in sports media with what's been happening with some of these things. It's like. Like I, I guess I kind of already felt that the brand was dying anyway yes. in a sad way where it's like um, what Sports Illustrated was, it, it, it was no longer the same. It had been through different management aspects and everything like that. It was it had been more and more of a the company that was running it was more running it so for the for the name, the name of the brand and everything like that than the actual content and storytelling. And like, I mean, I remember it used to be it was like either. I think it was either Wednesdays or Thursdays or whatever as a kid. Like oh, it was always yeah. a great day because Sports Illustrated showed up. Yeah. And you read it, you would read that on their Wednesday or Thursday. You, you dive into that right away. And yeah. It's uh some some of the greatest writing you've I've, I've read is in Sports Illustrated and yeah. everything like that. And it's uh it's kind of sad just to see how it kind of all fell down. It's uh it's it's kind of it's it's kind of the spot too that's just like with with media and everything, and uh, it's a bit of a nuanced subject, I guess. But it's it's we're kind of, we're living in an age now where, for example, you and I are talking right now on a podcast. I'm able to go and publish my own piece on publish my own space uh, through the Substack platform and do my own site and everything like that. And um. In a weird way, it's good, right? Because it's never been easier to go and do something. The tools are out there now, right? It's um, like we were talking about that. Like we went and made this this movie that we met, went and made. Part of it was we're like, okay, we can go, we can go do it. We have the tools. We can just so we went and did it. We didn't need a big studio to to finance it and everything like that. We found obviously there's some money to make it. There's definitely money, a lot of money used to make a movie, but we were able to independent ragtag group go make a movie and because of the day and age we live in and it's been interesting to see how some of those legacy brands from the management perspective and how they approached it's 
it always feels like they kind of some at some point lost part lost sight of the bigger picture of what those things still represented like i didn't want when it came to sports illustrated i always expected sports illustrated to be the place i could go read one of the best possible stories i could get lost in a story at sports illustrated yep i didn't need sports i didn't need sports illustrated to become the quick hitter oh here's five things you need to know about this or whatever right like and that's what so many it just feels like there's so many things in sports media where people who used to do great work and i'm not talking about the employees themselves i'm more talking about some how things from some things come from the top where you have they started chasing the lowest common denominator instead of caring about the the about the highest about the putting the quality first and in the end you weakened your product and when you weaken your product you make it weaker financially and it's become cyclical and you have stuff that happened with sports illustrated it's just sad like it's it is like there's some it's it's sad like it's um i mean if you were on the cover of the swimsuit edition of sports illustrated that was a game changer for your career yeah. In, in many ways. Gift. I mean, it was yeah. there, these feature articles and to get the cover of Sports Illustrated, if you were an athlete, was just massive. That meant you had arrived and it was, it was just so huge. I mean, you know, I remember as yeah. a kid, we'd, they'd have these like cutouts that you could get in and, you know, they'd take a picture and all of a sudden it's you on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Like, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's what we dreamed of. And, you know, I mean, they you're right. They had the top-notch writers. They were allowed to go in-depth with these multi-page pieces. And, yeah, it might be antiquated, but at the same time, I mean, they really did set a lot of bars. Um, and you're right. It hasn't been the same publication, but at the same time, so sorry to see it uh, go. All right. Yes. Uh, let's get into more NHL news. Good, good, good to see Shane Pinto back for the Ottawa Senators. He signs a one-year deal, allowed to play hockey again. Yeah, it's uh, it's the, his case is always interesting. Would just be the obviously he was suspended for the gambling related yep. related activity, whatever it was, and uh, he's also I don't know what it was. I mean, we can it's it's the space where the kind of forbidden fruit of sports gambling. It's the space where as a sport and as athletes, we got to start teaching guys the way to handle this stuff. I think it's, and it's like, I hope, I, I hope at some point, I don't know what Shane Pinto's story is and what happened, Yeah, but I think there's a real opportunity, whatever it is, whenever it's his time and it's his story, just like in Dallas, right? Like, Stephen Johns took his time to tell his story on um, what happened with his concussions and everything like that. But once Stephen Johns was willing to tell his story, I know there's many people who he helped with uh, by willing to open up and tell his story. So I'm hoping in the long run that there is a, uh, that there's a Shane Pinto story that comes out that can help others because that is how we turn that. That's what, that's how we kind of inform and teach next generation of athletes coming up and everything of how you handle this. Cause it's never been easier to gamble on a game. It's never been easier to do this and that and all the other thing. And it's, if you're not careful, you can really mess yourself up. So 
I hope that someday Shane Pinto's story is willing to come out because I hope that it can help the the, the other people and, and things like that because it's that's kind of the power he has of this platform. I hope, um, but that's obviously not today. So yep. not not that not not that him obviously him playing is a good thing today, but as far as in the kind of. I'm not rushing. I don't think anyone should be rushing for him to tell his story, but when he's ready to kind of help others, I think there'll be a great opportunity there. And he was first on the ice today. So I know he's excited to get back. Just a yeah. you know, good young player that I'm, I'm glad to see um, served his penalty and now back on the ice. And yeah, I am interested yeah. to hear the story uh, when he feels as though it's appropriate. Speaking of those Ottawa senators still struggling, uh, we are, Pretty far, I don't want to say pretty far, where March 8th is the NHL trade deadline. So, you know, the chatter has begun. Four teams that I selected that I, I think clearly will be uh, sellers, Ottawa, Columbus, San Jose, Anaheim, Seattle, 7-3 and three in their last 10. Um, you know, it's an interesting playoff picture. At what date do you think, Sean, that teams decide whether they're buyers or sellers? Uh, well, I, th- I think it depends on the team, too. Um, so, like, in the uh, – I'm looking at the standings right now as we're doing this. Like, there's San Jose, Chicago, Anaheim. Yeah. Those, were the f- uh, those were the teams that yeah, I had earmarked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, th- those those teams were, like, you knew, you knew they were going to be sellers from the beginning of the year. But, like, right now, I would all automatically consider – um, those three in the West and then out East, it's Ottawa, Columbus. Um, I know Buffalo is, I, Buffalo is kind of a weird one because like they're, they're third from last from the East. And at the same time, they're only at the, at the same time, they're only they're, they in theory could feel like they're in, but I also don't think Buffalo really has the assets they should be selling. So it, it's kind of, it's kind of that weird like middle part of the sandwich where you start to figure out what's happening. Like if you're the coyotes, right? You're ahead of the curve this year. Are you going to, are you still, are you going to push for it? Maybe you become a buyer. Maybe you sit like it's, it's kind of which those teams in the middle, which way they decide to push themselves, whether are they going to go buyer? Are they going to go seller? Are they going to stay in the middle? And right now, one of the ones I'm most fascinated with is Minnesota. Because Minnesota is, they're nine points out of a playoff spot. They're struggling quite a bit. And you know what? You know, all we've seen some major goaltending issues across this league. Yep. Um, Spencer, Spencer Martin just got claimed by Carolina today after Columbus waved him. It feels like Marc-Andre Fleury is going to get traded to me. Like, I just, I, I feel like, I feel like we're going to see Marc-Andre Fleury traded to a team that needs a goalie because uh, it's a, uh, I don't. I, th- I think Minnesota's gonna have to pull the plug here sooner than later. Um, they're struggling. They're not really. I don't think the they really have the answers right now. And I think when you look across the central, I think you're gonna see Flurry might get moved out of Minnesota. Um, not really sold on St. Louis, but I don't think I don't think uh, Armstrong is much of a seller in this year. I think he's more of a kind of just battle and hope through it. And uh, to answer the question, like I think. Typically, I always kind of get the feeling for teams where it's most teams know whether they're a buyer or seller about three weeks before the deadline. Like, so that's typically kind of where you are then is really where you figure out. Sometimes, obviously, a team will have a 
we'll have a skid or whatever in those final three weeks. But what happens over the course of four or five games between um, last week of February and last week of March shouldn't like you should be able to use fifty to fifty to fifty five games as a, as a proper sample size for whether this is the year we buy, this year we sell, whatever whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Jacob Chickering, do you think yeah, he's going to be up there? Ooh, that's uh that is a great question, honestly. Um he is a because if I'm Ottawa, right? He's he's got a spot where he's still signed for next year. Yep, four point six, and so he does yeah. have that modified no trade, yeah. which we know can be, you know, yeah, easily but, and, adjusted. And he's and it's modified no trade, but I think the bigger question with with Ott for the bigger question, honestly, for Ottawa with with Chikrin is, you got a guy who is twenty five years old, and in theory, uh, in theory, you could, in theory, you could kind of look at him as a you could look at him where you have to move him on now, but yeah. maybe you're. I, I also think Ottawa is a team where. They might get uh, be a feel a bit burned and jilted after what happened with Debrinkat, where they went and they traded an asset for him, and he wasn't going to stay. And then they had to move him and got and got pennies on the dollar on it, um, because like that Ottawa team is not nearly as bad as is not nearly is 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 is, is I did not expect this Ottawa team to be this bad. I thought they were going to be. I didn't think they were going to be a playoff team, but I thought they were going to at least be in the playoff conversation. And they are. Like if you are trading Chikrin. Don't you kind of owe it to yourself to also try try and trade Claude Giroux, too? Oh yeah. And I know I know Giroux's got two years, and it's really hard to move that that deal and everything like that. But I just don't know how many. It's Ottawa. At some point, you're like, are we blowing it up again, or what yeah. are we doing? And it's I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good point. And they they don't have Shabbat right now, so yeah, it's a, yeah, you know, uh, tough situation. Uh, but you know, it'll be interesting. Okay, I'm just going to ask this because I know Spitz and Suds listeners will. Is there anyone out there that you give up Maverick Bork or Logan Stankoven for? Anyone? Well, sorry, uh, sorry. If it's like yeah, uh, yeah. Ma- uh, you know, Connor McDavid, yeah. of course, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, of the yeah, like, potential trade targets, is there um, someone that you're like, yes, I would? I, I honestly, I mean, you mentioned. There's one we just we just talked about is like, I think now he's left he's left-handed, but Jacob Chikrin, like you look at the Stars' defense, and we talk about sometimes this, we talk about this, uh, what do they need in the kind of the long-term right. build? Like, like I mean, I would, I would open up the call. I mean, I would if, if Chikrin's involved, I would be, he's one that would come up for me. Yeah. It's um, it's painful, yeah, but it yeah, might need to happen yeah, to fix your issue because yeah, you can't. I don't think you can win a cup with the current decor. It's and that's tough. Like it's the whole. That's the that's the spot because I think one of the things that's come out of this Mirohashkin and injury time is we've obviously seen Thomas Harley take some next steps and everything like that. And um, and I think Nils Lundqvist has been okay, but I'm not saying Nils Lundqvist should be punished and not play as much as the coaches haven't played him but at the same time i'm not seeing the i haven't seen the i 
I can count on this guy as my top pairing defender on a Stanley Cup contender with Nils Lundqvist. That's just the reality of what I've seen with Nils Lundqvist. I'm not saying he's not a piece that you can win with, but you need another D. And I think you that's kind of where the stars have to kind of look and everything like that. Because mm-hmm. as much as I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to give up Stan Coburn or Bork. Um I think there's definitely a conversation for the right piece. The, the player I would be interested, honestly, and this is going to sound sacrilegious, I know that, because you don't trade your prospects, yada, 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 yada. But at the end of the day, if it meant getting a defender that helps me now and moves things forward, I, I, would, I would quietly look to see if there's a market for Liam Bixel right now. Just because as much as I like Bixel, and I think Bixel is going to be a very good NHL defender. He went back to Sweden this year, um, kind of put himself on the spot where he didn't play World Junior. And he's a left-handed D. And of my top prospects, he's the one who, if I can find someone in his position that helps me with the current timeline, I'd be willing to kind of have that conversation. I know people are always excited about like, oh, I can't trade prospects, can't trade top prospects. But He's the one that I would kind of quietly be looking at as I'm in my my arsenal of assets as I kind of figure out how do I put this this Dallas Stars team to best possibly win a Stanley Cup right now. Hmm. Interesting. Be painful. It, it, you wouldn't like it. Very. But, but, but you wouldn't like it, but it's the same thing. It, it always goes back to the, the Stars fans actually have the best example of this. They traded a young prospect by the name of Jerome McGinley. And when I only say that you traded Jerome McGinley away, it sounds awful. But when I go and say, you know what, you got the guy who won the cons, who yeah. you got the guy who uh, who won the Conn Smythe, um, and uh, and and was and helped and helped you win a Stanley Cup. All right. Yep. It was win win. So. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It's a. It, it definitely is a, a win win. And sometimes, you know, like the Jason Spezza trade, you trade away you know, some prospects and they don't pan out for the other side. So, mm-hmm. and sometimes yeah. you do and they yes. turn into great careers and you're like, Oh man, I can't believe we did that. All right. Finally, uh, one of your teammates, Jay fresh hockey, mm-hmm. uh, he put out top 48 defensemen in the NHL fan survey and ranking derived by head to head method, sorter voting method, 131,082 matchups voted on. So I'm going to give you the top 10 and you tell me if you have any issues with this. Number one, Kale McCarr. Number two, Quinn Hughes. Number three, the Rangers, Adam Fox. Four, Miro. Five, Charlie McAvoy of the Bruins. Number six, Roman Yossi. Number seven, Victor Hedman. Number eight, Rasmus Dahlin. Number nine, Devin Taves. And number 10, Josh Morrissey of the Winnipeg Jets. Devin Taves is the defenseman with the Colorado Avalanche. And, man, did he move up the charts since joining uh, Colorado. It was always good, but what a trade that was for Colorado. So wanted to um, get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much of an issue with that list, actually. And the way they did this sorting and everything, it was like you go through and you're like, okay, um, how sorter voting works, for those who don't know, real quick, is – you'll get two names and it'll be like, um, it would be Adam Fox and Victor Hedman. Which one do you prefer? And so it's not, it's not asking people to sort things. It's who, what the sorted voting method is 
um, basically who's won the most matchups and everything, thing like that. So um, I, I don't, and with all of these, with that top 10, all of those guys are players I feel would make my team better today, tomorrow, and five years from now. That's something where that's some, that's kind of the the spot where I always kind of go through this. Um, And I think that's one of the, the question that I have, right. Is uh, you take a look at, and and this is what makes a, and we just did a similar exercise over at, at rinkside doing our like in season, um, are in like our midpoint of the season. Um, and I want to make sure I have this right. ahead. we did our mid mid season award stuff. Right. And I had, so for the Norris trophy, right. And so I'm going to, I'm going to give you my list right now okay. for what I had for the Norris trophy for this year. And now before I give this to you, I also want to be clear on something. The, um, the thing about awards for uh, the thing about awards for the Norris and everything like that is this is the best in the award for the best defenseman this season. Yep. It does not necessarily mean that you are, it does not necessarily mean that this is the player I think is the, the, the best in the league it's who's having the best year who should win the award this year so i want to be clear on that so like for my norris trophy ballot for this year right now and i'm going to be fine i'm going my norris trophy ballot right now this season i have when he was number one mm-hmm. i have kale mccarter number two yep. i had noah dobson i had noah dobson number three i had chris letang number four and then evan bouchard number five though that's that's my norris trophy ballot right now that is reflective of the 23-24, who's having the best season. That's how I look at that. When you're talking about best defenseman in the NHL, and this is where, so like, I don't have near, I don't have Miro Heiskin into my top five right now for winning the Norris Trophy this year. But I wouldn't, but I wouldn't, and when it comes to what I take this player as in one game or whatever, yeah. all of a sudden th- things change. So I, I think this list, the way the thing that's interesting with lists like this is are you voting and are people voting on who's having the best season or who's the best pure defenseman? And I think this list reflects my opinions. Um, the one that, uh, that, that Jay fresh put out here of with McCarr, Hughes, Fox, Hishkin, McAvoy, Yossi, Edmund, Darlene, Taze, Mercy. That's pretty close actually to my view of who's the top 10. Def- it's actually pretty close. Like I, I, there's, it's hard for me to go and pick, um, I would probably have I, my only like pick at it was like, I would probably have Jacob Slavin a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. I think like Taves is good, but I think Taves Taves is a little bit also it's he's a, he's a great player, but I also think he also pl- has the the advantage of playing with McCarr. Yeah. And, uh, and I think I like Darlene's game a lot, but I also think, um, He's not as well-rounded defensively as some of the other guys on that list. So I don't have as much of an issue with this list. I know um, if you're starting a franchise and you're thinking, yeah, no, I think it was good. Um, Did we, uh, any other Dallas guys make the top 
I'm curious now that we've that we've got this. Like any other, what's the highest other defenseman for the Stars? The there? next highest for your Dallas Stars in the 80s, as a matter of fact, is Essa Lindell at 84. I'm assuming he's the only one. Then <laughs> if he's, you are correct, yeah. sir. Yeah. yeah. So and, a, a couple, and, and this is this is where we talk about the Stars needed defender. Right <laughs> now, you know, uh, one guy that's. Seth Jones is 65. I know, you know, he hasn't been the Seth Jones of old, the Seth Jones that we saw in Nashville, you know, when he was starting and everything. But I'd be interested to see Seth Jones on, like, a more structured team or, or a team that has, like, you know, players around him. Um, I, I I also have a bit of a – I don't feel – to me, I have a hard time thinking you could go and name – 65 NHL better NHL defenders than Thomas Harley right now. Like, I think that's a bit, I think that's like the fact that Thomas Harley's not on this list is a bit interesting to me. Like I go through and I see like, um, if there's a, like, yeah, Sean Jersey for Arizona is on the list at 55. Yeah. Zadoroff at 64. Cam Fowler at 60. Adam Larson down to 49. The, the only yeah, two, I, Sean, that I and, and I'm listen, I, I understand like placement and everything, but you yes. mentioned something really interesting. If I were to start a team and I know that they're older veterans, but Adam Larson or Drew Doughty on my team, I think would be pretty good pieces. Yeah. I know I mean, they're up there I, in I, years, I, but I just feel yeah. like they eat ice time. They they know how to take it to the next level when necessary. And I, th- I think, I mean, I think Dowdy's game has has aged a little bit here yeah. and everything, but um, there's uh, there's some players who who work up, who age well, and some that don't. And um, I'm looking at this right now. The one that is interesting to me is like there's some guys who are in the 20s, and I'm not. It's interesting how some people's reputations go right where it's mm-hmm. like like i see brock Faber at 32 on this list yeah right no, yeah and like 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 brock Faber, like i think like brock faber has been a really good rookie this year absolutely but, but there's no way brock Faber is the 32nd best defender in the nhl and correct. thomas harley's not on the and thomas harley's not on this list correct like that's that's kind of that's kind of when i look at that and i know this is not jay this is not jay fresh's list this is him just using he's just the one who put it together so you don't shoot the messenger on it but yeah. it's still um I uh, like I would take a I would like I look at Tanev right like I think Tanev's better than Faber right now that's not not that just that's just the reality like and yeah I, I mean he's, Tanev's he's a game someone who and Tanev's a guy who you know what Dallas should probably look at Tanev yes but that's a, so, <laughs> no you're absolutely right yeah I mean so, I'm kind of looking at the list differently too I'm just like all right yeah. who are the guys I want on my playoff roster that I know are going to yeah. lose teeth that are know are going to dive that I know are going to make yeah. those big play moments and so that's yeah. why I'm mentioning some of these and yeah Tanev would be oh my yeah. god he'd be uh, he'd be really really good on the uh, star yeah. so all right yeah. uh, you know listen. The question remains, Spitz and Suds listeners, those that have followed and supported Sean Shapiro, when the Hollywood Walk of Fame asks him <laughs> for the star, 
Will he allow that kind of crowd or will he do a family thing? You know, will oh there be God. stanchions around him? Those are the questions we need to know. So the trailer is going to be released tonight. Let's plug the movie yes. once again so that people can go on YouTube over the weekend. I'm sure you'll retweet it, right? As soon yeah. as you're allowed. Yes, yes. Okay. The, uh, yeah, the, tra- the name of the movie is The Late Game. Yep. Um, there is uh, actually a website you can go to right now. Um, the uh, just the website is thelategame.com, and if you go to that website, you can uh, you can get the latest uh, the trailer when it's, it'll be live there. There's uh, uh, details will be updated there as quickly as possible when it comes to where you'll be able to see the movie when 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 it when it gets re- officially uh, released in February. So. Okay. Um, the the name of the movie is the late game. Um, I'll share the tra- the the trailer on Twitter tonight and everything like that. I'll I'll throw a post on the Substack as well just to make sure it gets into people's inboxes. And uh, yeah, go go see it when it comes out. Uh, I'm gonna have to get Gavin a screener here so we can talk it yep. talk it up a little bit. Yep. Uh, yep. Closer to the uh, closer to the actual premiere. And uh, I uh, it's kind of one of those uh, it's kind of one of those cool things where it's. Uh, just like uh, this new age we live in in sports media, Gavin, has been interesting. And it's been uh, one of the things that uh, you'll allow me to go on a random side note here. In the past, and this podcast has been part of it. Doing Spits and Suds with you each week has been great fun and everything like that. But obviously, I went through my own. Uh, I wasn't the place I worked didn't let everyone go the way Sports Illustrated let everyone go. But I went through kind of my own little uh, thing and. That's why I was turned into a free agent in the world. And uh, I have really enjoyed uh, kind of finding the silver lining and all of that stuff and doing a lot more cool stuff in my life and finding ways to kind of live in different avenues and connect in the hockey world. And I feel like this movie does that as well. And it's one of those things. And just like kind of from the beginning, I mean, I'll always be thankful to you. When you gave me a call, shot me a message about, hey, I know you're figuring out what's next with some things in life, but do you want to do a podcast? And we kind of did it. So yeah. um, this movie is one of those things for me. And uh, I hope people see it. I hope they will enjoy it. It's, uh, it's if you've played beer league hockey, it's made for you. Even if you haven't, it's got stuff that connects with everyone. So absolutely. Um, no. Looking forward to it. And you deserve it all, my friend. And I'm so glad you're happy doing what you're doing and, and sticking your toes in all different kinds of the waters in the hockey world. And we are thankful as as all of us at Spits and Suds, that you're a part of this group that's kind of making this podcast what it is today. And to let the followers know, I do have South Carolina Stingrays contacts. I will find out what the rider is tonight as far as what Sean's requesting for a meal before he is <laughs> announced on the scoreboard and stuff like that. And they show the trailer. I'll also try to get some pictures of what Sean will be wearing. So, you know, my my sources, boots on the ground. It'll be tough. You know, I don't have many in Charleston, but I'll try to figure it out. So you are a beast, my man. I'm so proud and happy for you. This is awesome. It made my day when I saw the trailer and I saw that hockey mask and I said, that's my guy right there. So I was like shocked and excited. Um, So really excited for you. Thanks as always. What a podcast we had. Went over a whole bunch of NHL stuff. Have a great time tonight, my friend. You deserve it. Thank you very much, man. And we will uh, we'll do this again. So we'll we'll talk we'll talk next week. So it's yeah, fun. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully after uh, 
Four points this weekend, and then hopefully uh, two points. And I'm sure Sean will heavily cover Tuesday's uh, matchup against the Detroit Red Wings. So that's exciting as well. And don't forget to purchase his book, We Win Here, which is a terrific book about Texas Stars, Dallas Stars. You can also support him at EP Rinkside. Uh, subscribe to his Shap Shot Substack channel where you get all kinds of cool analytics and columns exclusively for you from Sean. Uh, some real good information on that as well as D Magazine when he appears in there. So for Sean Shapiro, I'm Gavin Spittle. Thank you one and all for supporting Spits and Suds. And if you can leave a comment where your podcast is found, it really helps us grow. So super excited about some of the guests that I'm working with some teams on. So we're going to have release of those in the next couple of weeks. A lot of great things. You guys deserve it here in DFW. So have a great day, everyone.